And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. I am honored to be able to introduce Hannah Mae. She's from Ohio. Um, She has many interests, she said, but Jesus and his word fuels all of her passions. I love what she wrote to me about. She said whether she's dancing, writing, podcasting, running, theflyingfaith.org that you will hear about soon, you can bet. He's the center of it all. Um, She has a book out that we're going to talk about too. And that book is called Celestial. And I know you're going to love hearing about this because I read just part of the intro and I was fascinated. So Hannah Mae, welcome to Blossoms of My Life Radio. Well, thank you very much, Miss Ramona. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. It's a true honor to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about you and, and just to share with the audience. Let's start from the beginning. Who is Hannah May? Well, Hannah May is a homeschooled weirdo. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> with that. Yeah, Hannah May was raised in a homeschool family, very strong uh, in the biblical faith, and. Uh, and basically, since I was born, uh, me and my sisters, all of us, uh, we were raised um, on the Word of God. And we were raised to love not just the Word, but to love the God behind the Word and the Savior within the Word. And so today, I mean, we have been uh, using all of our gifts and talents to minister to others because we, we consider our whole lives is meant for worship, for worship to the one who saved us, the one who wants relationship and fellowship with us. So it doesn't matter if you are running a dance studio or you're cleaning dishes. You do it with the right attitude and with the intent of glorifying his name in word and in deed. So that's that's, beautiful and well said because a lot of times, you know, you might feel like you're in a redundant thing, you know, you've got these kids and you're running around and you've got to make dinner and you know, I haven't even had time to read my word, but if you stop and change the attitude, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden his joy comes into you. And so it just kind of helps as you're going through those daily deeds. Yes, indeed. And um, they are not a means to a personal end. They are just after effects of the kind of love he puts in you with the enjoyment of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you know, all of that is just moot. It's like, it really has to come from a place of love, not from a place of, I got to do this to please him so I don't burn, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, years go by and, you know, you're blossoming in your faith. And, and so then uh, what came first, your, your flying faith talks and how did that start? Um, actually what came first was the book. Okay. Let's talk about that first. I love that. So tell me all about this book because I just read a little bit at some of the amazing stories that you, uh, you know, about angels and everything. I love to hear Mm -hmm. about this. Okay, well, can I tell you something a little bit first before I start sharing the story? Absolutely. Uh, 
yeah, truth be told, I was not planning to be an author when this came about. Honestly, the Celestial was originally supposed to be a video game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really was not planning that. I was like 18 or 17, actually, when I graduated uh, homeschool because, you know, I, I went through my entire schooling from kindergarten through 12th grade through homeschool. And um, I love video games. I'm a gamer. And uh, there's a certain point in my life where I felt like we really do not have good Christian games out there. I mean, they exist. They're okay. You can appreciate the heart behind them, but let's be honest, they really stink. Yep, <laughs> like yep. they're, they're not good at all. And I felt it a shame that, hey, we got really good Christian films out there. We got really good Christian books, but we don't have anything in the gaming industry. So I wanted to try to be the first to make something that would work really well. So I thought an RPG based off of spiritual warfare made a whole lot of sense. Uh, so, uh, when I started though, I wanted to make sure that I was God honoring in every aspect of how I portrayed angels. And, um, I wanted the story to be plausible and compatible with what the scriptures had to say about it. Because really, I mean, we get a lot of angel fiction out there and this is something I'm finding funny about a lot of people who hear that I wrote an angel book. Many of them are feeling a little squirrely about it, but I can't say I blame them because of how often they mess it up. I mean, how often do you see an angel story that involves an angel dabbling with the idea of being human because they fell in love with somebody, mm -hmm, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, for pity's sake yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> i didn't want to do that so i decided okay before i start anything i am going to study my scriptures front to back about everything it has to say about angels everything it has to say about demons so that i know what to do and what not to do and how to portray them so i spent no less than three months straight just doing that um and of course i had to deal with a lot of questions and uh, and i have to tell you there were a lot of things in my study that i realized that even for as long in the faith as i have been because the lord saved my life officially when i was seven um so i've been in the faith for a very long time um there were still some things that even i overlooked or i didn't think about like just a quick example you know first of all angels are not emotionless Second of all, angels are not mindless. They do have a sense of choice. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have demons, would you, if there was no choice mm -hmm. in whether or not they serve God. But the third thing, and this one really blew my mind, is the fact that they are not perfect. They, they can't be perfect. Only God is perfect. Only God is full and complete in and of himself. So they have questions. They have weaknesses. And even the Bible, in the book of Job especially, it mentions how even as good angels, he could charge with error. And as you can imagine, that bloomed into a bunch of other questions like, wait, does that mean angels have sin natures? Do they not? And what's the difference between being created in God's image and not being created in God's image? Because we are, but they aren't. So <laughs> you can imagine how many times my brain was going on a twist. Um, but pardon me. I, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm continuing now. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, after I spent three months, I put together a story, you know, based on what I wrote. And I found the crux of my story in a particular verse that I'll share with it, it with you later. But to continue the story, basically, um, I put the story together and I presented it to my friends and family and they were absolutely loving it. They were like saying, Hannah, this is such a great story. You need to turn this into a book. <laughs> and so I'm looking at them and I was like, what <laughs> a, a book are you kidding me it's like i i didn't i don't know how to do a book <laughs> but they kept bugging me for months and like month after month they kept bringing it up and kept saying why don't you do a book and so i finally broke down and said okay 
fine. I'll try one chapter. I'll give one chapter a shot. And so I finally write down this chapter. And lo and behold, within my church, I had a, within the congregation at the time, we had a friend who was an independently published author. Her name is Lenore Burkhart. She's a really, really good author, by the way. Those of you hearing, you can check her out. She does a lot of great Regency romance novels. She's also done a few um, science fiction novels, faith-filled ones, too. They're really good. Anyway, she heard about it, and then she's like, hey, can I see that? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so, and my friend Lenore, she is a a real go-getter and she is very honest and truthful. So I knew if I didn't do something very well, she's going to tell me. Right. So I was kind of expecting to get it, have this idea ripped apart. And so, but when to my utter shock, she turned to me and she said, Hannah, you've really got something going here. I'm impressed. You really need to pursue this. And I'm thinking, really? And so, and so she pointed me to the ACFW, which is the American Christian Fiction Writers Group. It's an organization. And for the following eight years, I worked on the same book, not just putting it down onto the paper, but learning how to write a good book, to try to do it professionally as best I best that can be done. And um and so, I mean, like the whole time I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to be the only book I ever do, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Right. So, right. And then, then I finished uh, writing it. And then uh, after two years of hard work uh, publishing it, uh, here's Celestial now, the book. <laughs> so, wow. And so um, let me go back a little bit from something that you said and just mm -hmm. so you write this book but you did all your research because you wanted the truth of the character or the truth of who you're going to display in well at the time mm -hmm. you're going to do a game right and so yes you said something um so about angels not being perfect and then you mm -hmm. said how uh so so what did you find in your research about that about angels not being perfect and how they know when, or like who, they still go to the father for help? Um, well, think of it this way. It's not like you're going to find a specific verse in the Bible that literally says angels aren't perfect. But when you consider the totality and the context of the scriptures, which is holy and true, um, then you realize there are areas where the Bible shows that they don't know everything. They need help sometimes. I can point to a few examples, like in the book of Daniel. Um, if you remember, Daniel was praying to the Lord for answers. And it said there that Gabriel visited him and Gabriel actually apologized to Daniel because he said he was delayed by whom he referred to as the um, prince of Persia yeah. of the time mm -hmm. of the time period and that God had to send Michael to help him out. So what does that say to you? That says that there was some kind of physical limitation Gabriel had and he needed help. So God sent him help. So that kind of shows you already there is a sense of need that angels have in regards to their relationship with God. And then we get to the crux of the centerpiece to the entire book, because while angels are the main characters of the story, God's character is still on display because that's really what I'm trying to point towards here, because the centerpiece of this whole story is found in first Peter chapter one, 10 through 12. And it speaks about our salvation, we human beings, that we get to enjoy this relationship with Jesus Christ that we have. This is something that they long to look into because it is a relationship that they don't get. They don't undergo redemption. They don't undergo salvation. You know, it is something that is totally unique to the human being. 
And um, and so when I heard that verse in particular, and you consider the fact that this is something that, you know, angels, they serve God directly. They see him. They live in his presence. And God empowers his servants to do all sorts of things in service and in ministry to those who will inherit salvation, you know, like you and me. Um, and yet there's this special point, this special friendship that we have that they don't have that they marvel at. So that got my attention and i knew for for a fact okay that's my story that's got to be the point the center point piece because how often do we christians uh, go around about our lives and yet we take this salvation of ours this redemptive relationship we have with christ for granted how often do we forget how special that is because mm -hmm. we understand how to be saved which is asking christ to be the savior of your life but do you understand what it means to live saved? What is the core root of being saved? You know, it's it's asking that question. And so, and angels are still working on behalf of the Lord is sending them to work on our behalf, correct? Yes, because um, the Bible says that <laughs> angels are ministering spirits of wind and fire to those who shall inherit salvation. Mm. And I believe that verse and chapter was found in Hebrews and it was also drawn out of Psalms. Wonderful. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's so many questions that I have, you know, just about angels in fact and how they operate because I like, know, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and even like when, like I'm reading right now again in the book of Kings and they waited upon to hear a word from, you know, cause the prophetic word too. I mean, in my mind, mm -hmm. I'm thinking as we're talking, so in the prophetic sense, um, you know, if the angels are ministering to that prophet, you know, they're going to surround him to probably help him to assure him whatever he's going to deliver, you think? I mean, that's kind of what my mind is thinking right now as you're talking to me. Oh, you mean like uh, the angels make sure that they say that the person says what they're supposed to say? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or would they at least help encourage and, um, you know, encourage while they're while we're in that place? Because a lot of us have prophetic gifts or, you know, gifts, that, uh, spiritual gifts, I should say. And so mm -hmm. I would imagine an angel would help us in assuring that we are encouraged as we're out to pursue that gift or to deliver whatever it is to a certain person. Um, right. Um, well, I don't, I, there are certain th areas where we kind of aren't told everything. Like there is a certain level, even with the work that I did, where there's going to have to be a certain amount of guesswork because I can be as plausible as I can, but that doesn't mean I can literally say, oh, this is exactly how angels work. Right, right. Um, but what I will say, though, is that, first of all, for us Christians, the Lord says that we must rely on the Holy Spirit because yes. the Holy Spirit will stir yes. you to say what you need to say. Yes. So I think it's important to, even within my own book, and I knew this was a challenge that I was going to deal with, that I want to be sure that angels aren't uh, demeaned, but yet they're not overplayed. Yes. Because the Lord Jesus God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are all supreme. Yes. And their power and ability supersedes all other wills. And that includes wills from those who are angels, those who are demons, those who are human beings. So if angels are sent to assure and make sure that a person's encouraged, yes, I believe that the Lord would definitely do that. And the scriptures do show that they have done that. And there are multiple occasions you can bring up throughout the New Testament and the Old. Uh, but yet at the same time, it's more important to emphasize that even if angels fail, 
The spirit does not. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, and that's important. That's why I wanted to ask that question so our audience, that maybe if they're thinking the same thing, the Holy Spirit is never going to make that mistake that you're showing an example that angels sometimes make a mistake, right? They held butt Mm -hmm. or think different things. So the Holy Spirit is not going to do that. Yes. So I knew that when I wrote my book, I needed to be sure that the angels were not uh, overly glorified. Yep. Um, But yet at the same time, you can imagine what kind of a trick it was when I started writing these characters because my angelic cast, I mean, the entire story, I mean, I know some people when they hear about supernatural warfare stories, Mm -hmm. the first name they think in writing is Frank Peretti. And I've been compared to Frank Peretti several times, actually, by those who've reviewed me and who's read my book. Thankfully, positively. They compared me positively. Um, and uh, something that many people have noticed that I, that differentiates, sorry, that differentiates my book from his is that while his story largely um, takes place from the human being's point of view and the angels are presented as somewhat kind of like aliens sort of out of this uh, world sort of thing, you know, as far as their disposition is. Um, my angels, however, they are the mainstayers of the whole story. You're looking at it entirely from their point of view, and um, they each have unique personalities, and they are. Cons- and I went out of my way to make sure that they were relatable, you know, even to the human audience, even when we're not exactly, we're not the same species, we're not the same kind. Right. Um, yeah, because um, to me, I mean, there are certain reasons why I believe that this is a valid, um, I'm going to call it theory, a valid theory that angels have unique personalities themselves. Um, I mean, really consider how God made us, God the great creator. He made each of us individuals. We're all incredibly unique in our own ways. Even people who are somewhat similar to each other, there's still a lot of difference. And this is also the same God that the Bible says has named every single star uniquely. So, I mean, again, that emphasizes uniqueness. Um, so I felt like there really is no reason to believe why, why angels couldn't have been made in a similar fashion where they also are unique in personality and disposition. Um, and and uh, But, of course, you can imagine the tricky part, of course, is if angels are fallible in certain ways, even though um, we're not exactly sure exactly in what ways, we do know that they have some fallibility. Um, how do you prevent them from being so fallible that you really kind of um, compromise their angelicness, you know, because you don't want them being demons because clearly you have demons. You have to keep the demon character separate from the angel character. So it's not like you can have an angel that's like getting tattoos, smoking and right. dishing out marijuana <laughs> to kids turns around and he's like this anti-hero, anti-villain kind of guy. Right. You know, you really, you really can't do that. Um, so when I, so what I did though, and I give again with everything I did, I have to tell you this. Um, everything I did in working on this book, I relied on the scripture for because the Bible is useful in all things. And I even consider that true for our creativity. So every step I made, every question I had whenever I was making a turn with my story, I returned to the Bible for ideas, for inspiration and for um, a foundation, more or less. I like to call it the biblical method of creativity, where the Bible determines your what, your how and your why in creativity. Amen. And yeah. And as I went into um, trying to figure out how to handle these angelic characters with unique personalities, with a certain level of fallibility, um, I actually looked, uh, I was inspired by the scripture and by the spirit to look at my church and look at my family. Because in our church and in our family, we're all made in new 
creations in Christ, right? We're putting off the old self, we're putting on the new self. But that doesn't mean we don't sometimes make mistakes and we don't sometimes have faults. And even then, you look, I look at my own family, and even though we are all, thank God, I am so thankful to the Lord for this, even though we are all really strong in the world, really strong in our relationship with Christ, we each tend to serve God in a very unique fashion. We all have a unique set of personal talents and unique set of spiritual talents and giftings and they don't look exactly the same so building off of that i also uh, i went that way with my angels and i also hope it'll be an encouragement to those who don't um understand our faith very well that being made like christ doesn't mean you all become the same blank sainty saint person you know like that was one thing i kind of would be i was bothered with by some christian films you know they're all good i mean it's all fine and dandy to showcase a non-christian person becoming a christian and having their life transformed that's a-okay I mean, I got no problems with that. But where I do sometimes kind of cringe a little bit is when the characters who are already Christians and ministering to the non-Christian person, they all seem bland as bread. They all seem the same. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like there's there's not as much uniqueness to that character. And oftentimes when the person does become saved, they kind of seem to become the same kind of person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, again, I mean, it's not like a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I know that there are some people out there who are probably going to say, like, well, I don't want any part of that. I mean, I, I like I like being unique. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, it, it's like our fingerprints. Nobody else has one like ours. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a reason why we're created uniquely and because mm-hmm. he's such a creative, I mean, he created the stars, the universe, he named them mm-hmm. all. It's like, I mean, the, the amount of creativity that it took, right? And why would he want just a bland, you know, humankind like him? He wouldn't. Yeah. He, he knew already, you know, what was going to happen before he came and then after Christ came and how the world is today. And he knows the uniqueness. Like whenever somebody's born, I think to myself, wow, you have that child born today, but there's something, there's a reason why you chose now, because that child is going to grow into something that is going to help a future, you know, and I never had that feeling about myself. You know, I wasn't raised in the church. So I was uh, like the black sheep of the family and just pretty much felt pretty lonely and sad and and just a lot of things like that you know and and i never knew that god was going to use me for what he's using me for today he had already instilled those desires but because of things that happened you know it, it it stripped me of knowing where my call was until i met him and then he said this is what i had for you yeah that happened but let me show you how we're going to use that together to move forward it through your healing process and i love Mm -hmm. that about that i love that we're all different i I wouldn't want to be a cookie cutter kind of person yeah and you know again it also points to points in the scripture where um you know when paul was writing to the church you know, that in the, when it's referring to the church as the body of Christ, the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And the eye cannot say, if only I were an ear. Well, if without the eye, where would this, the sight be? Without the ear, where, where, where would the hearing be? Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it plays into all that. So that's why when I wrote my story, you have uh, different angelic characters. You have my chipper 
um, optimistic, somewhat clumsy with his landings, but optimistic sort of uh, person like Akela, who's a messenger angel. You have uh, Nikum, who's a ministry angel, but he's much quieter. He, you know, he prefers to observe over uh, force his agendas, and he's uh, he's he's more attentive to heart matters than to physical matters. Um, and then you have Olimeth, which has basically become a fan favorite of the story. Um, my angel of death character. He's very quiet. He doesn't like say much but he always he also seems stoic and always constantly in prayer so you don't always know what he's thinking so he's a somewhat intimidating figure but at the same time you kind of have this sense that he is not exactly he's not your enemy but at the same time he's he feels like a wild card a little bit so mm. <laughs> wow and so um i'm looking here at what you wrote to me I, it just sounds all of it amazing. I'm hoping I can pick that your book up soon. You know, ACFW, they're, they're a wonderful organization for anybody out there that is wants to look them up. And you maybe you have a story within you and you're like, how do I do this? You know, I'm sure that Hannah Mae would love to walk you through how she did it. And just, I could too, if you ever reached out. And so <clears throat> from your book, then you went to Flying Faith org yes exactly uh so when i finished the book i understood that some people would suggest that you need to have a website for the book right well here's the thing and uh, i just don't like making things about me i mean i know that's uh i mean i'm sure there's some innate hidden part of me you know the old self that is wanting to make it about me but i know that the story has to be about god so to me there's this awkward kind of feeling about, you know, when making a website that's just about you and about what you wrote. So, um, but I wanted, I wanted this to go further than that because uh, you may remember I mentioned that, um, I basically approached this project through what I like to call the biblical method of creativity. And as I was going through those 10 years working on and uh, publishing my book, and I was watching all these um, people within these organizations and groups because, you know, I, I was a, definitely part of ACFW, though I think nowadays I'm more closely associated to Realm Makers Organization, okay. which is a writing society group for those of us who are Christians who deal in genres that are abnormal to the Christian industry, like fantasy, sci-fi, supernatural. So you can see how I fit in. <laughs> but, I mean, as I'm going through these groups, I can't tell you how many times I keep reading these comments from people like, I don't know what to do about this character, please help, or I'm stressed out because my uh, my publisher tells me I need this many words, but I feel like that my story only needs this words, help, or something like that. And I see some level of distress sometimes, especially with those who are new to the writing game. Yep. And um, But the whole time I'm thinking, you know, why aren't they going to the word? Because... Um, I mean, again, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I don't want to downplay, let me make this clear. I don't want to downplay the usefulness of picking up YouTube videos or books on writing and basically learning from experts in the field. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they got a lot of good tips, but you have to admit there are certain things that the secular world cannot address yes. for the Christian creative. There are certain things like how to handle the dark stuff. You know, how do you handle violence? How do you handle like uh, language within your story? Or how do you determine whether or not you're getting over preachy with your story? Because let's face it, if you're too over preachy with your story or with your product, that's a pretty big turnoff, even for those who are in the faith, mm -hmm. because you've basically virtually forgotten why you're 
writing this because you're supposed to entertain. <laughs> so, um, but you're not going to get advice on that from the world. You're not going to get that. Um, so, and again, I, I'm under, it's like me, I'm a student of the word and I believe, I definitely believe it when it says the Bible, when God says through his word, it is useful in all things to prepare us for all good work. Sorry, all good works, every good works. It, that's literally what it says. So, so often though, because many of my fellow Christian creatives, and I'm going to say Christian creatives here because I don't want it just limited to writers. I mean, yep. if you're a musician, yep. if you're an artist, yeah, it, like if you are in video game design, you know, go back to the word, but people forget to, or they just don't think that it can help them. Are they, um, are so, they, or they don't know how to break it apart, you know, in, in just going to the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to what you need, the answers to your questions, and then letting that be part of your creativity, too. I totally agree. I love that scripture, exactly. by the way. That's that's a that's one of my go to scriptures, too. I love it because it is yeah. in, in all good works. And then it goes back to if you're cooking for your family or washing dishes and you just feel mm -hmm. kind of in these you know, mundane duties that that nobody even recognizes, and in it, it in all good works. Mm -hmm, you exactly, know, his word will help so, in all good works. From yeah, so from so from that thought process and knowing I need to build a website for my own book, I thought, why not go for why not go further than that? You spent eight, ten years, basically kind of like almost being taught by the spirit during the process of turning your game into a book, how to use the Bible to help with your creativity. Why don't you develop a website that's not only going to house your book, but help promote and help encourage other Christian creatives to also pursue using the scriptures as the main gateway for the ultimate creative level, you know? So I created flying faith as that platform basically it's not just going to serve me it's going to serve others so mm. and from that platform i developed flying faith talks as a podcast so that when i'm writing more because yes i do have more in the yes, arsenal now while i'm busy with writing books i can uh, do podcasts and release those so we can discuss <clears throat> certain things and in fact this coming month i have a couple of podcasts i'm really excited about uh, one of them, actually, I'm going to release around Halloween time. Uh, basically, I'm titling Dabbling in Nightmares. It's asking the question using the scriptures, does horror have a place as a genre for the Christian creative? Should it be something that we should avoid altogether? Or maybe looking at it scripturally, is there actually a good way to use the horror genre that we don't have to be fearful of it we actually can use it to glorify the father and the son the holy ghost you know so i'm excited about that one and so on i'm just looking at the flyer that you sent me so you do biblical counseling for the creative mind mm -hmm. that's so the subtitle people can people make appointments with you hannah may <laughs> um no not presently but i mean if someone wants to email me to my newsletter flyingfaith.org uh, you can just subscribe and then you can email me if you have a question uh i mean like typically uh what i do though is that sometimes when i know of another christian creative who also um is into this uh biblical method of creativity i will have them as a guest 
and I and I do、uh, go on the social media, and I pay attention to what I see a lot of creatives talking about,、uh-huh. or what questions I see going on, and then something will come up, and then I will address it using the scriptures. But I always try to make sure I give myself enough time to say the scriptures to make sure I've got something legit here that can be said. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! And then I notice too. So you have your blog, and that sometimes you do giveaways. So if people do log on and follow you, they could be a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even just did a Q and A giveaway just last September. You see, I'm also a beater. You know, I take beads and I weave them. I make jewelry. Well,、um, I'm also I I also design and make beaded bookmarks. So、oh. I make those and I give them away to my subscribers. You know,、uh, every once in a while, maybe once or twice in a year. Awesome! That's beautiful. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, I'm excited about this book project, and、uh, yes, I figured you had something else that you're writing because once you do it once, you're like,、oh, I loved how that went. You know, you just get super excited. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, the reaction was incredible for one thing. I mean, like so far, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't like saying it for myself because you know it sounds like tooting your own horn, you know, but.、Uh, Uh, but it's really, really something when people read your book and then they think that you've not only surpassed Frank Peretti, but you've actually made them think. Because with my story being about an angelic warrior, it's a high adventure story about an angelic warrior who longs to understand salvation, even though he can't have it for himself. You know that really makes people think, and that was my prayer for the full ten years I worked on it. I prayed. Lord, even if it reaches one person to the non-Christian, I want them、uh, entertained, fully entertained, and yet maybe get a view of you they haven't seen before. And for the one who is a believer, I want them to be challenged to consider how valued this relationship that they have with you is. And that's the exact reaction that I've seen from the reviewers. And then the Lord <laughs> floored me when He blessed Celestial to win ACFW's First Impressions Award. And、nice、then just、Lord. last summer, I was in、uh, St. Louis at、um, Rowmakers Awards for Best Supernatural Novel of 2023.、Praise、I could not believe it. Wow! <laughs> you know? Praise God. Yeah, and so,、um, but of course, there was a point when I was asking, you know, because this whole ten years, I was thinking, is there going to be another book, or is this going to be the only book I do? <laughs> It's like so. I, I, I spent a, quite a while praying to the Lord and asking Him, you know, Lord, I really do love writing, and I admit that I kind of miss it right now because you know, ten years of doing it, you get used to it. And I found I loved writing. I、yeah. didn't think I would love it as much as I do now. <clears throat> yeah,、uh, but.、Um, I asked him though, you know, but if you want me to move on, if there's another area in my life that you want me to move to, a new season of life, just make it clear to me. And if not, if you want me to write more, let the ideas come.、Amen. And I tell you what, there was a flood of fresh ideas and thoughts that I could take this portrayal of angels. In fact, it was so much content; it's at least able to fill three more books. Praise the Lord. So. So right now I'm working on Celestial's prequel, actually. Good. So yeah, so that's exciting. Huge blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, we're getting to that part where you know I'd love we're gonna have to close soon, and so I mean,、mm-hmm. I don't know how the Spirit of God has has led you right now in our conversation. If there's anything that you feel that our audience 
you know, you still haven't been able to share with them. I'd love it if you would share a last word um, before I have you close this out in prayer. Oh, sure, sure. Um, well, first I want to share my favorite verse, and I want to share it to those of you who are listening right now um, to be encouraged because never sell short what the Holy Spirit can do through you in your life. I mean, I mean, look at me. I was probably the last person you could ask or consider to be an author or to do any of this on top of being everything else I am. Cause and I know that uh, Ramona hasn't mentioned this, but I'm also a dance teacher. I'm also a custodian. I own and run a dance studio. You know, I take care of my grandmothers, you know, this is on top of everything else. So, you can imagine how I'd be like one of the last people you think of to ever do something like this, but never underestimate where the Holy Spirit can take you and never underestimate what he can do in you to transform your life. Because I can honestly say that even through just the process of going through this, it was sanctifying work for me because I've matured so much in my walk with him that it's incredible because we have to remember this is not just about reaching others for salvation which is absolutely something that we should do but this um relationship we have with the father and the son the holy ghost that's what this is about that's the end game the end game isn't to fill god's heaven with hell escapees it's about people who want to pursue him as their ultimate reward because they want to be with him because they want to have fellowship with him because that's what we were made for Mm -hmm. so i would share from second timothy chapter four uh, verses one through five this is my life verse and this is something i want to encourage you believers to never forget i charge you in the presence of god and of christ jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom preach the word Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having inchy ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of the evangelist and fulfill your ministry. And for those of you who do not know Christ yet, Remember, it's not too late. I mean, the story that we started off with is a sad one. We were separated from him in our sin. We are dead in our trespasses. There's nothing we can do. But God sent his son because he loved us and wants us to have a relationship with him. So if you feel that Holy Spirit tugging at your sleeve, that's him saying, knock, I will come in. It's like, I'll let you come in. It's like, let me come into your life. Let me show you the kind of love that I want to share with you and be with you because I want you to be able to say, I am my beloved and he is mine. So do not ignore him. Come to him, please. It'll be the best thing you ever do in your life. Amen. That's beautiful. How can people find you? They just go to your website before I have you pray. It's uh, flyingfaith.org. Yes, uh, flyingfaith.org is absolutely my main hub. Um, I also highly recommend uh, Instagram as well because that's where I do a lot of my news feeds because on my website, I have all the blog. uh, There are links to my podcast. There's also a supported creatives page because I want to help support other creatives uh, like myself who also do biblical methods of creativity. So they can visit there too. So flyingfaith.org is the best spot to go. And then flyingfaith underscore blog is your Instagram. 
Yes. Um, okay. I do have a Facebook, though it's not running a whole lot because, you know, okay. Facebook has been failing as a media lately. And oh, I do yeah. have a Pinterest, too. Okay. But you can find all that from flyingfaith.org. It's on the top bar. You, know, you just click on there, and then you'll find it. And subscribers, you get newsletters once a month. You get reports on my projects, how Yay. they're going. You get a schedule for what's up next for Flying Faith. And you're in the prize draws, too. So Yay. subscribe to the email list. Yes, I'm going to do that right now. Well, we're at that place, Hannah Mae. I would love it if you'd pray for our audience as we close. Oh, sure. Thank you so much, Miss Ramona. Oh, and before welcome. I pray... Let me just thank you so much for what an honor it is to be on here. I never thought in my wildest dreams I would ever, ever be on a radio. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it just reels me. So, but thank the, you very much. The Lord's amazing how he works. I know. Okay, so uh, I'll pray. Thank you so much. <clears throat> uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of your son and for how you move through your church in order to reach those who are lost and reach those who need to be discipled because that's what we were what christ wanted us to do to make disciples of all the nations but lord let us never ever forget the power of your spirit because we can be stressed about how many people we um, turn into new evangelists. We can be concerned with how many people are sitting in the pews or how many people are reading our novels. Or, But Lord, this is about a relationship with you. If we're not walking with you, if we're not enjoying that relationship in our projects and in our actions, you know, then what are we doing this for? Are we doing this for ourselves? But Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that this is about relationship. This is about getting to know you more and more day by day until that glorious day when we get to be with you in your kingdom. And then there will be nothing to hinder us from worshiping you rightly and considering you rightly. So, Lord, I continue to pray for those listening onto this podcast that they will continue to walk with you with that being their ultimate prize in whatever they do. Not simply the earthly result, but the eternal result for we must store our treasures in heaven with you for where there where wrath where rot and moth and dust cannot take away our inheritance. So thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of your son. May we never take this relationship for granted and continue to bless Miss Ramona and her outreach and continue to keep me humble and keep me patient for whatever else you have in mind for me to do. And I pray the same for all others who are here and who will in eventually inherit salvation that you have intended in the future. And we thank you so much for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again. <laughs> thank you for listening to this edition of Blossoms of My Life Radio. This program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona, Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. 
Her email is Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. That's Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life. <laughs>